My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. With us in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. I want to continue my word unto this church concerning the fact of why this 11 o'clock service has a little more difficulty touching God than the 9 o'clock service. What's the difference and why is it that it seems that it's a little more difficult for us to press in and touch the hem of his garment and experience God's best and God's presence in the dimension that God has promised it to us. Now listen, if God's promised it, I want it. See, now I got two that's right and the rest of you want to go to Krispy Kreme. And there's your difference right there. Again, let me say it. I want everything God's promised. Let me try it one more time. And you see it almost, y'all almost got that. But you see, you got to press into the promise. God's not just going to put it in your lap. There's no silver spoon here. You've got to want this to get it. And I want apostolic power. I want miracle signs and wonders. I want God to move in our midst. Does anybody want everything God has promised? Woo! So I'm going for it. Now, y'all can't just sit there and look at me like a deer in the headlights. You got to want it too. So now if, if it's your family, turn to your neighbor. And if it's only your family, then tell them right now, I want it all. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and they found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which he had cast into the waters. The waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. Now, if you want God's promise, he's got to put you through the test. And so the good thing about it is, is they've already gone through the test. They've taken it and passed it, but they failed it first and then they passed it. So I'm going to just share with you what I learned from their failure of the test and then passed it and just tell you how to pass the test. And so there's no excuse for you not receiving this when I tell you what the test is and how you can pass the test. Now, here's what you have to understand is that God did not lead them tomorrow for Mara itself. 
He led them there for a specific purpose and most people miss it because God said, I'm gonna make a statute and an ordinance with Israel in this place that had nothing to do with the bitter waters and it had nothing to do with their test and it had nothing to do with Mara. But God made a statute and said, I'm going to bring you here to make a command in your life and to speak a word of promise and declare something to you. And that's what God's brought you to the First Pentecostal Church for here today is to hear this word because God's brought you here to speak into your life a promise. And he's going a, a, and declare to you a decree and he is a God who is faithful that will honor his word. So now, if you want to complain about the bitter waters, go ahead and do it. Oh, we got to be here at church at 11 o'clock and we've only been here 30 minutes so far and that's just too long to be in church. Oh, no, it isn't. You're, you're, you're being tested right now. I think I'll go ahead and press through whatever bit of waters I've got to because I want the promise. You can have whatever you want, but I want the promise. I want our babies blessed. I want Jesus to bless our children. I want Jesus to bless our young people. I want Jesus to bless our mamas and daddies. And it's going to happen in Jesus' name. So I want you to just, if you would, as you're seated, clap your hands into the Lord and just acknowledge it and you can be, be seated. You know, it's a good thing when Egypt is far behind because Egypt was really a burden because they were in slavery and they were having to build pyramids and cities for the pharaohs. But now Egypt was far behind and things had begun to move fast because they had left their bondage and on their way to the promised land. The death angel had visited Egypt in the night of the Passover and Moses had warned everybody to be ready with your loins girded and your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand. You better be ready whenever God signals you to go. And that is the, the reason that I present to you this word today is because when God's ready to move, you have to be ready to go. If you're not ready when God moves, then you're going to miss your moment. And that's what happens to so many people is they're not prepared. They're not prepared most of the time emotionally because of the situations that are going on in their life. They're not prepared emotionally to really get the signal that God has that he's ready to move. But I want to know what the signal is so that when he signs off on the promise and says, I'm going to do it in your life, I want to be ready to move even if it leads me to a bitter place. And that's where this generation gets messed up because you don't understand why God just brought you out of bondage and put you right in the midst of bitter waters uh, and they're not sweet. And, and then you're wondering why leadership brought you there and what was wrong with Moses and what in the world are you thinking, dummy, that you would bring me to bitter waters? 
And yet the Lord is speaking into our lives this morning and telling us that even if he leads us to bitter waters, he's going to protect us and he's going to take care of us and he's going to bring us through. But you got to want the promise enough that says, I don't care how bitter it gets. I'm going to praise the Lord and I'm going through. I don't care how tough it gets. Some of you, the first sign of trouble and you're out of here, you got the, you know, you got the, the, the flight or, or, or fight syndrome, but it's mostly flight. I got I to gotta go, I got to go binge on Netflix. Binging is not going to save you. Mm, boy, did I just say something wrong? That's exactly what's wrong with this generation. You think your binging is going to get you in the emotional position to be ready for God's move, and it's not. Woo! You're going to have to learn how to press a little bit. You're going to have to learn how to overcome something. You're going to have to learn how to put up with things that aren't necessarily good and right because I've had to do it my whole life. And I've asked the Lord, why does it seem that the only thing you put me in is trouble? He says, because I'm teaching you that my promise is true. Even in the midst of trouble, my promise is true. I just want you to know generation God is going to stay with you and keep you through everything and you need to start believing that even before you get in the trial. That means you ought to press. You ought to declare it. God has given us the, the promise. He's given us the miracle. But we can become so carnal that we begin to murmur our way out of the promise. And that murmuring has got to stop. That's why I don't want you on social media complaining all the time about your situation. I want you to give praise and glory to God that the Lord has been good to you. Why is it that I preach to this generation and I declare that God has brought you out of Egypt and with just a few days outside of Egypt after the greatest miracle in the history of the universe that had ever been performed on behalf of any people, they are complaining three days later. <laughs> Woo, finding fault three days later and saying, my God, who put Moses in charge of this crazy bunch and why are we at bitter waters? Well, I'm gonna tell you, my God can make anything sweet. See, y'all don't believe that yet. You haven't gone through enough, but I'm here to tell you that God can change you emotionally in the crisis, uh, in the... I wish somebody would hear this and just start saying yes and amen. I'm going to press in. I'm going to receive what God's got for me. I've got to have the promise. You can sit back there and wait for me to entertain you, but I'm not your Netflix, and I'm not your Hulu, and I'm not your Amazon Prime. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled, tongue-talking, apostolic preacher, and this preacher wants you to get past your bitterness and past your mara and get into the presence of God and reconnect to a promise. And some of you, if you don't get your latte at 
Starbucks, I'm being tested. <laughs> Tests in life are common. I've been tested all my life. It just seems like I go from one test to the next one. And, and I don't even get a good grade for passing one. I just go to the next test. There's your, there's your passing grade, God says. You passed this one, I guess I, I'll tell you what. Since you did so good in that lesser test, I'll give you a greater one. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I really appreciate that. How many of you ever found that to be true? You're out of the frying pan and in the fire. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? Then you're not living for God. You're living for yourself or somebody else because you're not living for God. If you're living for God, my good grade is, is I get to go to the next test. But you see, here's the difference. I'm a little closer to my promise. Oh, woo. You see, if I was preaching at camp meeting, they would have already taken it away on that one point right there. This ought to be a camp meeting church. Every time we walk in here, you ought to say, I got to have my, I'm going past my. Now, here's what you got to understand. Now, this is hard because it's hard for me and I've gone through all of this and I've done this and I've passed, I've failed the test and I've passed the test. So I'll be honest with you. I've failed a lot of these tests that God's put me through, but at least God's merciful enough to let me take it again. You know, it's like the state. If you don't pass a test, you got to pay your money and take it again. Then they change the questions on you. <laughs> So what you took the last time looks different than the next time. And, and so you got to be prepared for that. Well, that's just kind of like the way the Lord is. He'll give you a test again, and then he changes the questions on you. And then sometimes there's no questions. It's just, can you trust me? But here's what you got to understand. God will lead you to these places. It is not the fault of leadership. It is not the fault of the system. Oh, thank you for my two, that's right. Because everybody wants to blame the system. I know the system's corrupt. It's been corrupt since the start of systems. But it's the only way you can deal with this many people is you got to build a system. And yes, it is corrupt, but I'm going to tell you now, I'm not here to talk about the system. I'm here to tell you it's not the system's fault that you're in a test. Well, I'm being tested. You might be, but it's not anybody's fault but God's. He led you there. But if he led you to it, he can take you through it. And you got to get convinced of that while you're in it. Woo. Come on, my goodness, Clint. I feel like God's going to get you through everything. Why? Because he's taking me through everything. He'll be with you through the bitter waters. Man, I feel so good about this message. I think I'll just shout on my own message. You need to find out who God is and what he does and how he works with his people in order to develop you because God's more interested in developing you than delivering you. 
because the first thing everybody asks for is, God, get me out of this mess. And God's turning the tables around on all of us and saying, no, you've been praying better and more than you've ever prayed. I think I'll leave you in it. I wish y'all quit pouting for five seconds and just start praising God and thanking him for everything. Well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know who. I wish you'd just quit pouting. I know I'm messing with you here this morning and you're pouting over my sermon, but that's all right. Sit there and pout. Well, I'm going to praise him while you pout and I'm going on to the promise because I've got a God who can take the bitter waters and make them sweet. Hallelujah. I've had a God that can defeat any political system of man that has, man has made. I've seen him do it. I've watched him move people out of the way because it's generally, it's not the system, it's the people who's running it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. And I've seen God move them out of the way. I've seen God bump them off. I've seen God take them down. I've seen God move them on up. And I had to, Brother Matthew, I had to be, I had to start praising God over the blessing that he would put on somebody that was totally messed up with me. Hmm, boy, it's quiet. Well, what am I going to do? They don't like me. Well, you, got, you, got to, you can't have everybody liking you. You know, and, and people that, that'll send me stuff on Facebook and then they want me to like it. And they say, you need to forward this to 45,000 people. <laughs> I don't have 45,000 people to send it to. How am I going to do that? And God will bless you after the 45,000th time. I ain't going to do it. Well, you didn't like my stuff. I, I didn't even read it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even see it. And, I, and it, what's your name now? I write that name down and I make sure I don't ever read it. Because I don't need to like what you're doing to make you feel good about yourself. Woo. You ought to be able to walk in here. If Jesus died on the cross for your sins and shed his blood to wipe out your record, you ought to be able to say, I've been blood bought, blood washed, Holy Ghost filled. I'm a child of the King. I'm blessed with salvation and power and nothing, woo, nothing can by any means stop me. I'm going to tell you something, church. I don't care who you are, where you're from, uh, what your race is. Uh, nothing can stop you if God's fighting your battle. There aren't enough devils in the hell that can keep you from your promise. Uh, God is able to turn. Hallelujah. I remember that old song. When in valleys, Lo, I look toward the mountain height and behold my... They see, y'all don't even know. Y'all look at me. I ain't never heard that song. It's, it's really a song. And behold my Savior there leading in the fight with a tender hand outstretched toward the valley low guiding me. I can see as I onward go, oh, I want to see him. 
See, that's why you ought to be in church is not to see who sees you or you see us. You ought to say, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Woo! There's my redeemer and his saving grace. Somebody needs to look at the master. If he's led you tomorrow, he'll guide you through the storm. He'll guide you through sickness. He'll guide you through difficulties. He'll guide you through disappointments. He'll guide you through discouragements. I remember when I had the flu, wasn't COVID, so don't get, back in February and I was down for the camp for about three days and I had the flu. People were still calling me, wanting me to pray for them. So I prayed for them. I didn't tell them I had the flu because there wasn't no sense in me telling them because then they would want to know if it's COVID. And then I, I, no, it's not. So I I went and got all of that taken care of, but it's not that. It was just the flu. That's all it was. But anyhow, I was down for the count and they would call me and so I wouldn't tell them about. And then I would pray and then I heard testimonies afterwards. God didn't heal me. He brought me through it, but he didn't heal me at that moment, but he healed them. I said, God, what are you doing? I am laying in the bed. I've got 102 fever. That makes me feel bad. If my fever gets one degree up, I've got the man flu. Hallelujah. It's bad business. I need to go to the ICU. It's the end of the world. You know what I'm talking about, brethren? Come on now. You got the man flu. The women, they can keep going. But we men, we just say, my God, we'll never make it. I'm dying. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Go on and admit your failure. Praise God. Admit the truth. But yet God's still using me to speak life into other people. Why? Because I found out that if I'll go ahead and do what he tells me to do when I'm down, when I come out of it, I said I've got a testimony that my God can take bitter waters and turn them sweet. Come on, I don't care what your sorrow is. I don't care what your discouragement is. I don't care what your difficulty is. He can get you through it. Uh, Financial situations, broken homes. uh, He can get you through it. But here's the reason why a lot of people get messed up is because they don't really want God's guidance. I saw a sign the back of a travel trailer that said, if I'm not headed west, stop me and turn me around. And that's just the way I am. If I'm not on my way to heaven, stop me somebody and get me on the right path. Maybe you don't want guidance, but I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved and I'm going to speak it. A boat was wrecked and the sailors were making their escape and all of a sudden two of them sprang overboard and went back to the boat, that, the bigger one that was sinking. And they soon reappeared something in their hands and they swam at great risk because of the storm that was raging around them but they had forgotten to take their compass and they knew that without a compass they would have no guide. And so I'll tell you, this is what I want you to do. This is what will make the difference. You want your promise? Get a hold of your compass. And I don't care if you got to swim through a storm. You go back and get your compass. Now, 
since I, I waved the Bible up here, you didn't really know what I meant by the compass since you're the younger generation, so let me explain it to you. The, <laughs> see, that's why we have trouble connecting today is because you need to find out what your compass is and it's the word of God. That's what it is. Here it is. It's the word of God. You need to get a hold of Psalms 23. That's not just something to say at a funeral. The Lord is my shepherd and I woo, shall not want. You can still find God in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, I'll, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But my rod and my staff, they comfort you. She's a young convert. She just got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And look at the smile all up on her face. She don't know it yet, but God's made a statute and an ordinance in Israel that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That promise is just as good as somebody like me who's been serving God all of my life. Woo! There's no difference between her God and my God. God will do it for her just like he's done it for me. Through every rejection, through every put down, through every criticism, through every lie the devil's ever belched out of hell to try to bring me down, God has brought me through. And I said, now God, why in the world did you bring me to that to see how you would react? <laughs> I said, well, thank you very much because I've got to make a statute. I can't make a statute unless I put you through some bitter waters and you got to learn how to make them sweet. And here, here, here's, here's the whole answer to all the problems of the earth is what Moses did in turning those bitter waters sweet when God showed him the tree. Now, those of you that haven't gone to Sunday school, that tree represents the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the cross that it's a symbol or a type and shadow of that turns bitter waters sweet. Here's what I found. When I don't know how to forgive somebody, I mean, I remember God specifically visiting me and telling me I had to forgive somebody. And I said, God, I want to, but I don't know how. I don't know how to forgive them. I want to. I mean, I know that I'm supposed to. I'll go to hell. I don't want to do that. I got to forgive them. And, and the Lord said, he said, you got to make your way back to the cross. And I heard the song in the back of my mind. On a hill far away stood an old rocket cross. The cross is my how. And you need to discover that in your own life. The cross is the how. Now, I want to conclude this message today with this thought. In the scripture, uh, Brother Trent, if you can bring the scripture up that says what the statute and the ordinance is. And this is the reason that God brought them tomorrow. Now, when I saw this and he made them 
a statute. Now, go a little further down, a couple of verses, two or three verses, till you get to the actual statute. Keep going down. And, and keep all of his statutes. All right, stop right there. Now, this is a magnificent promise. This is a magnificent statute. And when I discovered this, I said, God, what was that Mara that you brought them to this place to tell them, I will put no diseases upon you whatsoever of Egypt. I won't put their diseases. I won't let them trouble you any longer. I won't, he said, as far as a matter of fact, I brought you up out and I brought upon the Egyptians and I brought you out of Egypt for I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's my promise right there. There is no wound in your life that God cannot heal. Woo. Well, well, somebody don't like your message. It don't make any difference. I'm going to preach it anyhow. But there's no wound you can inflict me with that God cannot heal. And even if I die, God can raise me from the dead and give me a testimony. I say God is true. If I'm wandering in the wilderness, if the kids are rebelling, if the money gets low, if there's sickness and giants are on the horizon and the storms come and the times it seems that I am alone and God's not listening, I am going through. Job said, oh, that I knew where I might find him. I go forward and he's not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. But though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Because when I die, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. God's able to raise you up and give you double. I don't know what you've lost in your life. I don't know what the enemy's done to try to take things from you. But God just spoke to me and told me to tell you he's going to give you double. Somebody's going to get a double portion blessing. The spirit of Ephraim is going to come upon you and you're going to get a double fruit blessing. And God's going to minister. Everything that's been taken from you is going to be given back to you twofold more than you had before. If you can just rise up and let God heal you today. He will heal you of every wound. He will heal you of every wound. You can go ahead and stand. I'm done. Musicians, you can come. God's going to prove you at Mara. Because if he can't trust you with the bitter, he can't trust you with the sweet. If he can't trust you with unanswered prayer, he can't trust you with answered prayer. If you can't trust God without a promise, then he can't make the statute to give you the promise. He's got to be able to trust. You have to be able to trust him. And he has to be able to trust you. And when you come to the bitter waters, 
Now hear me, younger generation. Don't blame anybody for it. Don't blame anybody for it. Don't let anybody's perception change you or your attitude or spirit towards anything around you. Don't let their perception, because their perception skewed by their own bitter waters. And they'll speak into your life and they will give you the wrong perception and perspective of things and it will defeat you. So I have learned to not listen to people as well as to listen for the voice of God. I've learned to listen to Jesus, Brandon. I've learned Ron Nick Harris that God is good when you have hair and when you don't. Praise God. God's good. But I'm going through a tough time. That's not a time to sit at home. That's a time to come in and get your promise. I'm at Mara. That's not a time to be in the balcony. That's a time to be in the altar. You don't understand, Brother Kinsey, what I'm going through. I may not understand, but I know who Jesus is, and I know what God can do. And I'm trying to persuade you and convince you that David, if he's been with me, he'll be with you. Katie, if he's been with me, he'll be with you. Kristen, if God's been true to me, he'll be true to you. Not because I'm special, you're special, but because he he is special and here's what I found listen to me all you that are emotionally hurting I do not make light of that your depression, your despair your feelings of rejection and nobody loves you or insignificance or loneliness or whatever it might be. I do not slight any of that because it is very real and it can be very painful. But I am here to persuade you beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is with you even in the lowest time because David said, even if I make my bed in hell, he is there. Whither shall I go from the presence of the Lord? You can't do it. You can't do it. God is there. And if he guided you to it, he'll guide you through it. And you just have to hold on to the cross. So don't let your despair keep you from worship. And don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you got to be truthful and I want to be true about my feelings. You don't have to be, you don't have to say all of that. What you need to do is say, God's word is true. Here's what I want to convince you. God is faithful to his word. 
I've been up and I've been down. I've been on the in and I've been on the out. But God is true to his word. But Clint, I want you to believe that. Before we leave here, I'm going to make you believe it. Praise God. I will make you sit on that organ until you do believe it. I want every last one of you to believe it because it's true. And it's just as much true for you as it is for anybody in this building. That. Mason, where are you? I'm, the glare on my glasses, I can't see you. I know you was here. I saw you. When I, but if I stand up the glare, sometimes I can't recognize people. It gets all blurry. You look blurry, but you, you still look good blurry. Praise the Lord. You, you're a handsome young man. God is just as faithful to you as he is to me. I want to say it again. God's promise is just as much yours as it is mine. Will somebody believe what I'm preaching right now? Because that's the cornerstone of your ability to get through tomorrow. Because I don't know why he brings us tomorrow to give us that statue. Because the statue doesn't have nothing to do with my circumstance. And my circumstance don't have nothing to do with the statue. Other than the fact that he brought me there. And he proved me there. And he gave me his word. I'll heal you of every wound. Praise God. Every depression, despair, doesn't make any difference. God will heal you. So, this is what we're going to do right now. I want you to just lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord and say, God, heal me. I want my promise. I want you to bless me right now. I need you in my life. I want you to help me right now. Help me wherever you might be, whatever you might be going through, whatever the pain might be. And I do not belittle that pain because pain is real for each and every individual according to what they've experienced and how they have processed life. And so that life has caused you pain as all of us have experienced. But only the heart of man knows the pain that they endure and experience. But if you need God today, I want you to step out from where you're seated or standing. And I want you to walk to the front. If you want a touch from God, we have to change up the way we do altar service. So I'm going to be the only one up here praying for you. But if you need a touch from God, if you want God to minister to you and to bless you here today, I want you to say, Brother Kizzy, I need this promise. I need this promise in my life right now. I need God to honor his word and to be faithful to me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All of you that are in this place today that need a touch, a special touch from God, I want you to step up here and I want you to receive what the Lord wants to impart to you and to give to you because I have found this to be true. Even in my darkest moment, God's true and faithfulness has always proven to be accurate and his faithfulness has never failed us. Hallelujah. Praise God. He will not fail you now. 
and he's not going to fail you tomorrow. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But he will be there for you on your behalf to minister his grace. This is what I have found. This is what I've seen. God brings me tomorrow to give me the promise. And if I can just get through that, that Mara and turn it sweet, the promise is mine. And I step into a whole new realm. Because when they left Mara, they went to Elam where there were 12 palm trees and an oasis that fed and ministered to everybody in the entire camp. And that's exactly what God's about to do to you. You're about to step into a larger place. And God's going to open up the oasis. And he's going to bring about the dates and the, and the coconuts and the palms and all of the things that he has available to you to nourish and to minister to you. Come on and receive it right now and say, I want my promise in my life. I want to overcome. I want to be delivered. I want to be fulfilled. I want to see Jesus magnified and glorified in the earth right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God's going to bring you to a larger place. God, minister to us. Everyone needs the Holy Ghost right here, Brother Josh. Everyone here needs ministry. Everyone here needs the blessing of the Lord. We got several to be baptized this morning, so please stay with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're able to take the bitter waters and make them sweet. I speak that promise into the life of this precious lady. I ask that the Holy Ghost would be with her. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the victory that comes only in the Holy Ghost. Right now, by your authority, by the power of your name, by the spirit that operates in our midst, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Right now, I feel something stirring in the house. Church, I'm asking you to press on. I'm asking you to get past your bitterness and, you, and what you perceive as this, that, or the other. And say, there is a promise that supersedes any feeling that I might have. Supersedes any place that I might be struggling. And I want you to just reach out and connect with God right now because I promise you he's in this place. He's in this house and he's ready to minister to you and he's ready to help you and strengthen you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus. You are able, Lord, to do this work. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, this is your moment, this is your time in the Spirit for God to minister to you and to strengthen you. This is your moment, this is your time. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, Jesus.
We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.